0: Welcome to Modernizing
1: Biz Podcast.
0: Welcome back to Modernizing Biz Podcast. So it was great connecting with you. We uh, just got into this conversation about the project that you're currently working on. It's somewhere around into plant-based meat and all, right? So so what, like the project that you're currently working, the name Blue Tribe, in which year you have started out? and how it started out. Can you help us out with a little bit backstory, the journey of building it? Sure.
1: So plant-based meat as a concept is fairly new to India. Hmm. Uh, It's only been a couple of years since uh, this category has really grown and people have started talking about it. But a little bit of context to it is that plant-based meat actually is over a decade old globally. So you've got companies like Beyond Meats or Impossible Foods who were the the pathbreakers in this space uh, based out of the US who launched plant-based meats which is basically meats but made from plants right they developed beef analogues to be used as food there what we wanted to do was to bring plant-based meats to an Indian uh, taste palette right Mm -hmm. obviously the two countries or the two world's Consume meat very differently. They were making beef analogs in India. About 65% of the meat eaten here is only chicken. chicken yeah. So we wanted to, you know, make products for the Indian, the Indian consumer and the Indian recipe sort of uh, repertoire that we have here. Yeah. So Sandeep, Blue Tribe Foods is founded by Sandeep Singh and his wife uh, Nikki. They are both huge believers yeah. in sustainable food tech, and they genuinely want to leave a better future for our for our children for our children's children and and the future generations right they were they they've also invested in sustainable food tech in other markets and were looking at doing something like that in india mm-hmm. at that time they found that the traction for this category is very very small and which is why they figured out figured that instead of trying to invest in something why don't we just found it yeah so blue tribe foods was founded in end 2019 Uh, After that, they got on board Dr. Navneet Devra, who is a food scientist from IIT Kharagpur. He's he's worked with uh, Domino's, he's worked with Nestle, and he comes with a wealth of experience in alternative proteins. Uh, I came on board uh, just a little bit after that uh, as part of the founding team. I come from an FMCG background, so Mm -hmm. I, I used to work with Cadbury and before that I used to work with Colgate. Uh, and I handle the commercial aspects of it. But so between me and Navneet is who is we is what we handle the business. Uh, yeah. So
0: yours into we all into business development. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, we launched so Blue Tribe was while it was founded in 2019, we spent about a year in R&D and finally launched the products in end 2020. So we are like a pandemic
0: baby. <laughs> <laughs> so like the pandemic came up with a, a lot of different challenges. So, how we was tackling that time? Like, might possibly have facing the challenge in production unit. they like the end number of challenges. If you can yeah, yeah, highlight a couple of them, absolutely. So,
1: I mean, the pandemic was a dark time for for business, for people, for the whole country, for the yeah. world. I would say, yeah. Right? And we were obviously in the middle of that while we were trying to launch our products and complete the research around making good products mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. Indian market. Lots of challenges. So, like we wanted to taste products which are available in other parts of the world, which we couldn't bring to India,
0: Yeah. right?
1: Because there was obviously no trade happening. There was no import, export, nothing. Uh, Some flavor. So for example, we wanted to try out different manufacturers in different parts of the country, Mm -hmm. but could not travel there for months together because either their plant was shut down or somebody had COVID or there were just travel restrictions anywhere, right? So the R&D did take a slightly longer time than we would have hoped for but hey I think we got a great product at the end of it so
0: no oh. complaints <laughs> surely gonna try it afterwards so let's take an example uh, there's, there's so much happening around this plant-based products plant-based meat so let's take an example I'm coming out from a vegetarian background so do I do this products and do this TG's base out of me or you're selling it only to non-vegetarians uh, what is the market acceptability of that particular product
1: Sure. So let me take a step back here and talk a little bit about who plant-based meat is meant for mm-hmm. and why does it exist in the first place. Yeah. Right. I think once we establish the reason for existence of plant-based meat, we can very easily figure out who it's meant for and what we are trying to do with this category. Yeah. Uh, now, like I said, plant-based meat is meat, but made from plants. The reason that we're trying to make meat from plants and not from animals is fairly simple right? We want to remove animals from the whole food mm-hmm. supply chain. Mm-hmm. Why do we want to remove animals from the food supply chain? There's two or three major reasonings for that, right? And one of them obviously is the ethics of killing another living being for your food. Agreed. But that, I'm going to leave that aside because that is that everybody knows that, right? Uh, there is There are much bigger impacts of having animals in the food supply chain than that. And I, I'll spend some time talking about it. Because of the global level of industrial animal farming that we do, we are about 8 billion humans in the world, we kill about 77 billion land animals per year to feed that population. Oh my God. Okay, So imagine you have to grow 77 billion land animals a year to feed a population, population of 8 billion yeah, people.
0: 8
1: billion people yeah. So about 70% of all the land that is currently under farming, is is being used to grow food for animals. So 70% of that fa- farmland is growing food for animals which is then being fed to the animals and we get only 20% of our calories from those animals. Okay. So imagine 80% of the calories that we are getting as humans is coming from plants Plant. which is being grown only in 30% of the farmland. Imagine the amount of land use that is going waste because we have to grow so much food for animals, feed the animals, then kill the animals and then eat them. Then it. eat them. Right? So it's a very inefficient process similarly for water use you have to first grow the plant, then you know water the plant obviously mm-hmm. and then uh, grow the animal as well right up to a point where it can be culled for consumption and then consume it. So in that sense it's a very inefficient process. Animal or animal agriculture contributes to about 15 percent of all the greenhouse gases that are currently released by human activity in mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. right that's huge it's the second largest contributor after after uh, transport so you've got land use which is heavy you've got water use which is heavy you've got emissions which is heavy all three of them we are trying to tackle by trying to remove the animal from the supply chain right if you can replace that animal you can actually save on a lot of these things the second reason to remove animals is that because you have to grow so many animals in such a sh- small space you have to actually feed them with a lot of antibiotics and steroids mm, yeah right? A very simple but dark anecdote I can give on this is that uh, a chicken gets more space in your refrigerator than it does while growing up. So, okay. I mean, that is the space yeah. that they are grown in, right? It's it's dark, but that is the truth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so if you have to grow a chicken in such a small space, you have to ensure that it is not getting ill. Because if it gets ill, then that whole... Bunch, bunch of you of know birds. their whole flock of birds is going to be ill which is what happened in avian flu in 2012 yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 so when you when you have that many animals growing in that space and if there is any bug that you know kind of breaches that antibiotic barrier it can become a pandemic so you had spanish flu in 1919 yeah. mm-hmm. you had avian flu swine flu COVID-19, all coming from animals to humans. Yeah, something like
0: burning up uh, monkeypox as well. Something, something So
1: yeah, so zoonotic diseases coming mm. from animals to humans is a huge, the, a huge cause of that is animal farming. Mm. Right? Mm. So that's the other reason. Uh, in that sense, also you're giving the animals all these antibiotics and steroids, which you're then eating, right? So you're not eating a very clean meat in that sense. Okay. You're not, I mean, most of the people in the world are eating animals which are bred up this way. Uh, plant based meat is a slightly more uh, cleaner form of meat in that sense so you've got these problems with animal farming with animal agriculture at this industrial scale plaguing the world right but we for some reason humans can't give up meat and there's a very simple reason for that you can ask any non vegetarian around they will tell you the taste is amazing
0: okay and as a first
1: while non vegetarian i can tell you that it is very okay. hard to <laughs> give
0: up meat so we both can relate onto this situation <laughs> again i was like seeing that if it is a vegetarian, I should give it a try once. But anyways, yeah. yeah. So,
1: non-vegetarians will tell you that the kind of taste, kind of bite, kind of texture that you get from mm-hmm. meat is irreplaceable. Like, it's something that you crave for. It's something that yeah. you really want to eat. So, the that's where the idea of plant-based, meats, plant-based meat comes from. It's to give you the same experience of eating meat, but without, without, the the, without killing the animal. Exactly. And hence, the the target audience for something like this then becomes people who love meat okay right so it has to be the non vegetarians people who've been eating meat mm. love yeah. to eat meat but know somewhere in their minds that yeah there is a impact associated with consuming something that is uh, you know that is yeah, coming through yeah, this yeah. supply chain yeah so, uh, the way we define it, the audience is basically the target, uh, the, the conscious non-vegetarian.
0: Alright. So, so, it's meant for non-vegetarians, to um, your question. Yeah. <laughs> so, you answered it in a very uh, well manner, but I just thought of one more uh, disadvantages of killing animals and cooking them in kitchen is like, I heard somewhere, I, don't know, I read somewhere that it releases a lot of carbon monoxide in the mar- in, in the environment is it also a bigger case of issue if you talk about so, environment
1: absolutely so like like i said em- emissions is very big from uh, animal from the mm-hmm. animal industry right uh, carbon dioxide and methane both huge mm-hmm. uh, contributors to the greenhouse effect uh, are released by animal agriculture so the, it's actually the second largest uh, contributor towards greenhouse emissions after transport
0: okay now, let's take an example. If you have to explain to a five-year-old, uh, because there's a lot of happening around this plant, basis. we are hearing about it day in, day out. And again, coming down to your targeted remarketing campaigns. So after that, I have this, I'm, I'm very curious about this. How actually this has produced? Do you use green technologies or are they termed into the fast food? Like what are the key ingredients? What are the raw materials from where it is coming?
1: Sure. So, uh, Plant-based meat, the way it's made is by trying to replicate what meat is at the molecular level. Yeah. Okay. Now, meat at the most base level is a combination of proteins and fats. Mm. I mean, mm. you know that, right? It's yeah. protein plus fat and you will, the certain combination will give you chicken, certain combination will give you mutton, certain combination will give you beef, pork, whatever, mm. right? What we are trying to do is replicate that combination of proteins, fats from plant-based sources. So we what we do is we take say we want to produce a chicken nugget or a chicken keema, hmm. We try and figure out what is what it looks like at the molecular level, and then re-engineer or reverse-engineer that from plants. Wow. Uh, now, which plant we use depends on what is the kind of texture we want to get. So we use ingredients like soy. We use hmm. we use peas. Yeah. Uh, depending, so we actually mechanically extract the protein. Like there is mechanical pressure. It's the process is called uh, low moisture protein extrusion wherein we extract the protein then texturize it to make it longer uh, fiber fibrous Mm. type muscle Mm -hmm. type Mm -hmm. fibers and then add vegetable fat like say sunflower oil uh, into it to give you that same mouthfeel and texture of eating meat wow so it's made from
0: completely plant-based ingredients amazing now getting deep into uh blue tribe so what you have done that i have heard this news that there's like this um, Virat Kohli is also an investor over here <laughs> you got a big face of the brand so do you feel do you feel so that having this type of uh, people associated with the brand help you out in reaching out to the masses let's take an example what if you have not got such investors so what would be your marketing strategies back in those days
1: sure so uh the way we market it and this is again going back to who the target audience is of being the conscious non-vegetarian right we generally if you if you look at the generations now hmm. which is say millennials downwards millennials gen z gen alpha you will see that a lot of lot more people and as you get younger more and more people want to be conscious about their choices right right it's not just about what they're eating it's also about what they're driving they want electric yeah. cars it's about what they're wearing they don't want fast fashion they want more sustainable fashion yeah. right so i would say that this is you know the interest or demand in plant based meat is not just is, is not something by itself it's more a symptom of conscious consumerism, which is now catching up with pe- with younger generations, because younger mm. generations can see that you know the earth that they are going to have to live in mm. is going to be more and more unlivable as it as we go forward. So yeah. they have to take action now, right? Right. Uh, so that's why conscious consumer consumerism is rising, and that's the kind of audience that we speak to. We tell them that hey, you know what? And in fact, there was a report by the guardian in the uk mm-hmm. just a couple of days back which said that shifting to plant-based thing plant-based meat is the biggest thing that you can do to reverse or at least halt climate change that's oh the i mean the number one thing that you can do is reducing your meat intake
0: shifting over to plant-based meat do you consider that it have a lot of uh, mental health benefits as well like I've seen that I've seen in the old books if we like my parents used to talk about this a lot. If you consume all of this um this something coming out from animals, it's going to hamper your peace as well. You start I mean acting like anger, something around it. I wouldn't if even you find want it. to
1: uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to comment on that because honestly I'm not qualified hey, to hey, do hey. that. But I can give you some other health benefits of consuming a slightly more plant forward mm. diet. Mm-hmm. So uh meats when when they're consumed have a very inflammatory effect on your body right right your uh, your muscles are inflamed you you don't recover very quickly that is something that plants can help you with also cholesterol you can get cholesterol only from animal products hmm. plant products do not have cholesterol you can get cholesterol only from egg meat or dairy Okay. okay. So inherently, all plant-based meats are cholesterol-free because you don't get okay. cholesterol from plants. Yeah, yeah. You also get a lot more fiber from plants because you're eating plants, which have the fiber that you need for you know good digestion uh, in your body and to maintain maintain your body in the right. Mm-hmm. Way. So while I don't know the mental benefits of that, uh, I wouldn't. But I know that there are health benefits associated with having a plant-forward diet.
0: Mm. Now, uh, coming deep down to the business sides of uh, Blue Tribe. So, no, now, what are your expansion? Are you selling currently only on e commerce platforms, like through your website or marketplaces or any other thing that you are distributing your product? So, we started off selling only on direct to consumer platforms, which was our
1: own uh, BlueTribeFoods.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we've realized, uh, and obviously, with in no small measure, thanks to uh, Virat and Anushka coming on board. Right. The awareness for this kind of category has spread, right? We we are now able to go and speak to a lot more retailers, we are going able to go and speak to a lot more uh restaurants, hotels, mm. saying that, hey, you know what, the consumer is now asking for something like this. There is awareness about plant-based meat category that is spreading. Mm. And and that is why you need to have this either on your menu or on your on your shelf wherever right. wherever you're yeah. selling yeah. right so we started off with direct to consumer now we sell in retail as well so in all of your uh, chain stores like say nature's basket uh, mm. food hall modern bazaar lamarche or simply namdhari's in bangalore mm. yeah. spencers which is all over the place we, spe- we in all of these offline stores we also sell on uh, amazon big basket swiggy blinkit uh, so you can find us everywhere and also with Horeka, uh, like restaurants yeah. and hotels as well.
0: So um, will, you, will you see this product will going to gain a lot of market acceptability down the line. Let's take an example in next two or three years, PETA is doing an amazing job in um, bursting the myths out of the minds of all the non-vegetarians or who are consuming non-veg. So what are the plan of getting into the QSR market? how fast you can get into these hotels? And do you have any plan to launch your own QSR unit, something like like McDonald's?
1: So launching our own QSR unit, maybe not yet because we, I mean, launching a QSR takes much more than just having a great product, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we would rather be available in places where non-vegetarians are eating. Uh, yeah. Because that's the kind of audience that we want to go, go with. Yes, we do. We do keep speaking with a lot of QSRs. In fact, there is something called Nerula's yeah, in yeah, Delhi, Edinburgh. which whom we work with very closely. And they have a they have something called the Unmeatable Burger on their menu, which is wow. made with our product. Uh, in Bombay, we have something called the Charcoal Eats Biryani, which is a mm. delivery kitchen, uh, who have a plant-based Afghani chicken biryani made with our products. So I mean, we do keep working with uh, QSRs, maybe not the really big ones yet. Uh, I think pricing is still a challenge which we need to address uh, to in order to get to really market, mass yeah. QSRs. But I think with technology, we should be able to get there. I think you have to understand that chicken prices are actually going up. Okay, where we, yeah. we are able to reduce our prices by going more scale.
0: Okay, so what so, is the current average pricing?
1: So we are at about 1.5 to 1.8 times the price of chicken. So if you get Okay. chicken nuggets for say 200 rupees uh, for 250 grams uh, we are at 295 rupees for 250 grams so about 1.5x
0: yeah 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 so again currently you are serving a very niche audience coming down to the marketing so this product will going to have a lot of uh, myths around it a lot of challenges in promoting let's take an example one that i have in mind is that a lot of people will consider uh, switching to uh, to the veg options to the the plant based option but again they'll have this slightest thing about the taste there is like 10 number and uh, numbers of uh, myths around the particular product so how you have tackled down all of those if you can highlight few of them and how sure. you have tackled out when uh, promoting your product getting sure. into the market
1: so see the indian consumer is a very different is a very different consumer from what the consumer in the west, west right? in the west they are fairly they're not very vibrant i would say about the type of choices of meat that is available. there, mm-hmm. right? But in India, every 100 kilometers, the meat is consumed in a different manner, like somebody is yeah. going to make it in a gravy, somebody is going to make it dry, somebody is going to make it in a, uh, you know, in a naan or something like that, or in a samosa. Yeah, And you have to have a product which can suit all of these places, suit all of these uses, you have to have a very versatile product. Now, that's what our biggest challenge has been. So we while we do launch you know, snacking type of products, like say a nugget or a momo, Mm -hmm. which you can just fry up and eat. But if you are to get to the, uh, you know, the main plate of the Indian consumer, you have to have a versatile product, which can be used in the home cooking. Yeah. So that's what we keep building on. So we already have keema or mince, which Mm -hmm. you can use in. So it's a very plain sort of product, which you can put into any masala and use it any way you want. Okay. We want to have more such versatile products. So while we we will we will launch the more uh, snacking, easy to easy to eat, easy to make kind of products. But if we are to get to a larger chunk of the audience, we need to have those kind of products as well. Even for QSRs, they want something that they can then make their own magic with, yeah, make their own yeah, recipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's what happening with Maggie, I guess. Yeah.
1: So I think Kima is something that we've made, which uh, you know, which is a very uh, plain product where you can add in your own masalas, your mm. own style of cooking mm. and make it anywhere you want. The way you used to make with mincemeat, we also okay. want to make like larger chunks, which can be then used in say a butter chicken uh, or a you know, Daba chicken, sort of curry sort of way or into a biryani. So that's what our R and D is now up to.
0: Uh, so there's, a, there's like, let's take an example. There's a lot of people around the age of 18 to 24 wanted to start something, wanted to get into this. A lot of people I've seen uh, these days are launching something called a coffee shop, a pizza shop. So what do you consider this uh, space is a new industry that is emerging in our country because I know there's like very less players in the market. You can count them on your fingers, right? So do you consider them uh, to be entered into this market is a good pace at a good pace or you find out uh, that this particular space is very niche oriented? Like what is the expansion plan over here? If you can so, help some numbers,
1: uh, so the category is very small. Mm. Like yeah. you said, it's it's a it's a niche product. It's a niche category for now, uh, but growing very fast. Because as soon as you're able to make people aware, see the main challenge here is not acceptability of the product. It is awareness of the problem. Okay. In the yeah. sense, when you make more and more people aware of the damage that meat does to the planet, hmm. they are more attuned to saying that hey, you know what? Is there a solution? So once they know that you know what they're doing right now the awareness behind the consumption of meat uh, you know the impact that it creates they are more and more than willing to shift over. Okay. So uh, our main marketing challenge if you could call it that is creating awareness about the problem the category then grows by itself.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Right. So that's what uh, I think our greatest challenge is that is and which is and it's great to have personalities like Virat and Anushka on board because they themselves follow a plant-forward diet. And they're carrying a
0: lot right. of big people who trust yeah. them. Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, and obviously they inspire that trust. Uh, they're both huge animal lovers as well. Mm. They have uh, you know animal foundations in Bombay and Delhi. Uh, have been plant-forward in their diets for a long time, and can inspire people to do that as well at least to if not shift over immediately but at least to have the thought in their mind that hey you know what can i be a little bit more conscious in what i'm consuming
0: okay so if you can highlight any at last if you can highlight any of the um, this challenge that you have touched the point that you're facing the challenge in creating the awareness in the market so how you're currently how you're currently operating with that how you're currently solving that particular problem so we do a lot we we create a lot of content around
1: it okay uh, Instagram obviously is one of the major uh, uh, places wherein we talk about this we also work with a lot of uh I would say climate influencers uh, or climate mm. conscious mm-hmm. activists uh, to help to help them talk about you know uh, we work with them to to get them to make people to understand the problem once they start talking about the problem, uh, we can always we can always offer, say yeah. you know that hey you know what if you want to have the same experience but without the impact, of you, can, the uh, you can you well, can you can consume something like a plant-based meat.
0: Cool. At last, if anything, uh, you wanted to pass on the message to audience talking about how one can shift easily to the plant-based meat. So can it be happen in a day or it it's a long process like a month or two months like something like exercising from almost <laughs> five years we, like, we're like been trying to hit the gym regularly I can see you are like so, in the best shape so that's why
1: so I mean I can give you two answers to this yeah. <laughs> one is uh, most of our consumers 95% of our consumers who come on to our direct to consumer website are hardcore non-vegetarians they're wow. the ones who are eating non-vegetarian food about five to six times a week but want to reduce the amount of Mm. meat that they are eating mm-hmm. so what they do is instead of eating it five to six times a week they will eat it only three times a week and that other three times they will have a plant based meat so they can keep the experience but reduce the impact okay right and that is a slow way of uh, you know yeah, sort of yeah. converting so from that three times you can go down to two times you can go down to one time and then you you can completely have uh, only plant based whenever you crave the feeling of meat and that is what majority of the market is doing right now. Mm-hmm. All, of, all of them are non-vegetarian who want to uh, reduce the amount of meat that they're eating. The other way to do it, honestly, uh, and this is a very personal experience, because I used to be a huge meat eater and I went completely vegan. So I don't eat meat, no dairy, no eggs, nothing. And it just happened overnight because I went and I had a, a terrible experience trying to buy meat one day. And I just completely gave it up after that and completely like no meat, no dairy, nothing, no egg. (laughs) But yeah, that is, I mean, I don't know whether that is the right way to go about it. I know that you can very gradually Hmm, come down as well. But most vegans uh, who are ethical vegans are doing it because of the
0: animal cruelty angle and not because of the environmental Environmental. angle. Cool, thanks a lot for coming down to modernizing this podcast. I hope uh, audience will get a lot of insights out of it. And if down the line, are you running some kind of community where people can join and associate and give the impact? Is there anything happening would, in the market? I would love to. So honestly,
1: we are not building the community ourselves. The community already exists. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of, if you, if you look at what climate influencers hmm. uh, like say Akash Ranisan yeah. is doing. Right. We work with him because he's doing a great job in spreading climate change awareness amongst people. Uh, we work with him we work with people who are taking India's or flying India's flag on say the South Pole uh, yeah. you know and spreading awareness about what how climate change is affecting the, the poles and you know the ice caps are melting and the glaciers are melting mm-hmm. and all of that right So we work with a lot of these guys uh, there is a lot of information available already. Uh, we are a part of it but there is the problem is very big but if enough of us kind of get together i think climate change can at least be reversed if not i mean can be halted if not reversed
0: yeah 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 maybe in a decade it can be yeah, reversed absolutely thanks a lot thanks a lot coming thank you so much
1: thanks for having me